Welcome back to the Sugar Freedom Show. I'm your host, Catherine Best Gordon. Today's episode is all about sugar free meal planning. Back when I was a certified personal trainer and a fitness nutrition specialist, people used to say, just tell me what to eat. Now, whenever someone says this to me, I know that they're serious about changing their diet. And when I say diet, I do mean way of eating. Because if you are experiencing sugar addiction, carbohydrate intolerance, and insulin resistance, long-term elimination of sugars, grains, vegetable oils, and seed oils, that is what is needed for your long-term relief. I wrote the Sugar Freedom Diet in order to get my sugar addiction solution out of my head and down on paper so I could share it with anyone who is suffering from the consequences of getting hooked on sugar and sweetness, and also so I wouldn't have to drive my family crazy constantly talking about getting off of sugar. I started using sugar and hyperpalatable carbs to soothe my fear, anxiety, boredom, frustration, and my anger when I was just a child. I had had an experience, a very difficult experience. I lost my father when I was just six. And immediately after that, I started to overeat in order to deal with those fears and feelings that I had at that time. I became overweight soon after that because I was doing a lot of overeating and I wasn't able to maintain a normal weight again until I started smoking, taking Dexatrim, and drinking diet soda in my teens. And especially when I was able to start driving and I was in control of being able to go and buy cigarettes and what I was eating and what I was doing, I was able to substitute the sugar and the macaroni and cheese and all of those things that were kind of keeping me stable with the smoking, Dexatrim, and diet soda. The nicotine, pseudoephedrine that was in the dexatrim, the saccharin, and the aspartame, they had the same soothing and stimulating effect as the concentrated carbohydrates did. And they actually helped me to become happy and productive. This is not the way I would want to do it, heavens no, and that's why I gave all of these substances up. But but the reality is, is that I was dealing with something called reward deficiency syndrome. And there's actually an episode, a podcast I did a few episodes back that you can listen to specifically about RDS. RDS drives affected individuals to seek out substances and behaviors that, that give them, us, a feeling of well-being. And it helps explain why I reached for those legal stimulants, which were nicotine, caffeine, and pseudoephedrine, in order to function and to fit in. And I do want to share that, that yes, the crazy thing is, is that even though I was very concerned all the time that I was going to get caught for smoking, I was concerned about taking Dexatrim. It, it was expensive for, you know, a kid using her allowance to get that. Diet soda, I didn't worry, worry about too much, but I was concerned even back then at, you know, 15, 16, 17, about what I was doing. And I was already worried about being a cigarette smoker because, you know, even back in the early 80s, I mean, we understood how bad it was for us. And yet, the fact that it got between me and my cravings for sugar and for overeating, even though these practices were so unhealthy, they were worth it because they allowed me to do what I needed to do. And I was even, I was on the tennis team and we showed horses and I was very athletic and I knew that not getting nourished well and smoking cigarettes, I knew that these were making me a less effective tennis player and not as good at the other things that I was doing, but I was willing to sacrifice a little bit of athletic performance in order to not be hungry all the time. 
Now, eventually, Dexatrim was taken off the market because it was found to increase the risk of stroke, and then I quit smoking in order to have a healthier pregnancy at age 36. It was so worth it. We had our son, and he's 20 now, and we love him, and we're so proud of him. But it, during that time, I was able to get off of cigarettes, but I also developed uh, impaired glucose tolerance, insulin resistance, and my sugar cravings just went out of control, and I gained 85 pounds. I gained so much because, right, I had developed impaired glucose tolerance, and insulin resistance. And then once I had my son, and this is what so typically happens, you you hear about gestational diabetes, and what we see is that 50% of the women who acquire that during their pregnancies go on to acquire type 2 diabetes. And even those who don't go, I was, I had impaired tolerance, I didn't go all the way into gestational diabetes, but I did have pregnancy-induced hypertension. And the consequences of that lingered after I gave birth to my son. And even after um, I was so happy, I was able to breastfeed him for a long time and he weaned naturally and all of that. But during that entire time, I had become, I had become obese and I'd gone up over 200 pounds. And over that time, about three years after he was born, I only really lost and was able to keep off about 20 pounds of that weight. So I was still officially, clinically obese. This was very, very difficult. And I was doing everything that I was told. I was going to Weight Watchers. I was, I had joined the gym and I was literally, the childcare was a two hour period each day. And I would, once Colin was big enough, I would take him to the gym and spend almost the entire two hours there. So do the math. You know, we're looking at almost 10 hours a week of essentially cardio. I was swimming and I was spinning and I was doing the treadmill and the elliptical. I was really doing everything that I thought I was supposed to do. I was eating a low-fat diet. I was calling all, counting all of my calories. I was going to Weight Watchers. I was doing everything I could, but I still, I would like lose 10 pounds and gain it back and then lose the same 10 pounds and gain it back. And then finally, it wasn't until I completely changed that, quit sugar and started lifting weights instead. And I just very simply call it drop sugar and lift weights. But the truth is, Yes, I do believe that you have to drop sugar if you're a sugar addict. In terms of lift weights, that could be your body weight, that could be light weights, that could be barbells, that could be kettlebells. There's all kinds of different ways to do resistance training, and you can actually get some pretty good results with your body alone. But the truth is it's drop sugar and lift weights because I went to resistance training instead. And in my last uh, episode, I did talk about doing you know something instead of just moving more. And I talked about that the nine exercise routine that I'm doing, which is nine different exercises just performed you know one set to failure that's really, really effective. And I also will share with you that when I got back into the gym, Everything that's happened with COVID when everything shut down. Also, I had you know gone into working in retail and I wasn't training the way I used to. When I got back to the gym that, this time and started lifting again, I tested my push-ups and I lost so many of my push-ups. I used to be able to do 15 perfect full body push-ups in a row and it dropped all the way to three. And I know I've I know I'm older. I started doing push-ups when I was 44 and finally got my first full, full body push up and I'm 57 now, but I was shocked at how much I had lost. The good news is 
In six weeks of doing this nine exercise program, I have more than doubled my push-ups this morning. I was able to do seven perfect push-ups with excellent form in a row. So I've doubled my push-ups and I'm working my way back to 15. But let's get into what you've tuned into this podcast for, which is sugar-free meal planning. Now, the meal planning system that I use has evolved, it has The meal planning system that I use has evolved over the years to include strategies for fat loss and weight maintenance. And over the 13 years since I quit added sugar and the nine years since I had my, got my personal training and nutrition certifications, I have added eating plans that address different levels of sugar and carbohydrate intolerance. My experience with my clients and my readers led me to this way of thinking about meal planning, which I call eat for yourself. And that means that I don't specifically recommend any eating plan. I'm, I go ahead, I went ahead, I don't recommend any specific eating plan because even when I was certified as a certified nutrition specialist, we are not allowed to tell you what to eat. Only a doctor or a registered dietitian can do that. But what we can do is we can guide you to different resources so that you can apply the, the regular guidelines. And those guidelines didn't necessarily work for me. So what I've done is I've gone ahead and let the certification go. And instead I am sharing my personal experience with this concept of eat for yourself, use what works for you, leave what doesn't. And ideally, you know, take this to your doctor or your medical health professional and say, this is what I'm doing. What do you think? And then that way we can also continue to get more doctors and more health practitioners on board. And this is also why I can be honest with you about what worked for me and what continues to work for me when it comes to maintaining physical recovery from sugar addiction, overweight, and obesity. So once again, so important to understand that this is a demonstration instead of a recommendation. So I'm going to go ahead and dig in, go ahead and dive into this breakdown of how we're establishing your food and your macronutrients on a sugar-free diet. So here we go. First, establish how much of each macronutrient you will eat. So we've got protein, carbohydrates, and fat. And please know that all of this is available at sugarfreedom.com slash blog. So that's sugarfreedom.com slash blog blog. If you just put in sugarfreedom.com, you will be taken to the sales page for the Sugar Freedom program. And if you don't have it and you want to get it, it's only $9 and that would be great. But all of this information is available to you for free. You don't have to put in your email or anything like that. That You don't have to put in your email or anything like that. It's right there, sugarfreedom.com slash blog. So here we go. Protein. One gram of protein for each pound of your goal body weight per day. Now, this is an upper limit, and it comes from the high-protein tradition of bodybuilders and athletes, and this is the amount of protein that I've consumed when my goal is to lose fat and gain or at least retain muscle. So it's pretty high. My goal or ideal body weight, even though I'm sitting you know, right around 127 now, and I'm very happy there, but I just call it 120, and so I'm getting looking for 120 grams of carbohydrates, excuse me. And so I'm looking to get 120 grams of protein per day. Now, if I land around 110, that's fine. The point is to get satisfied. 
Number two is carbohydrates, and this is so important. Carbohydrates up to your personal level of carbohydrate tolerance. So level one, where I start people, and this is actually the level where my husband, um, he's lost 20 pounds, his belly fell off, he's gone like from his 36 inch waist shorts to 34 inch, and now even the 34 inches are loose just doing great. And this is what he used um, to get lean over the last several weeks. Level one, 50 grams of carbohydrates per day, which allows for a serving of fruit, lots of different vegetables, and he can even have a little bit of uh, dark chocolate or Hershey's chocolate every day and continue to lose weight. So he is at level one, just cutting those carbohydrate grams down to 50 per day and really seeing uh, fat loss, weight loss, inch loss, while still enjoying some of the things that he can enjoy because he is not addicted to sugar. Level two is about 30 grams of carbohydrate maximum per day. Then level three is 20 grams per day, which is the ketogenic level. And this was also what, uh, what Atkins induction is. The ketogenic level, you're probably not going to be able to have fruit on this, but you might get lean enough that you can go back and add some fruit back. Level two is great because it gives you 30 grams maximum per day, and that usually is enough to get you a serving of fruit, a couple of salads, and a couple servings of vegetables. The 20 gram per day is the ketogenic level. And once again, to go back to level two, the point of level two is to get carbohydrates down a little bit more to deal with sugar addiction, but not making you eliminate fruit and Greek yogurt and cottage cheese and things like that. Make sense? I hope so. And then of course, level three is good old keto. There is also another level. And I really, candid Catherine, I really want to tell you the truth about what I am doing because what I am doing right now as we speak is a uh, carnivore nutritional approach. And I have even finally, after decades of artificial sweetener addiction, I have finally completely given up artificial sweeteners. A year ago, I gave up Trident gum, which was I was chewing a pack of Trident a day. So I've been off of Trident for a year as of August 4th, and then just about four days ago, I've given up all artificial sweeteners, including stevia. And it's been quite an adventure, drinking my coffee with no sweetener at all, and drinking water with a little bit of lemon throughout the day. It's really been something else, and it's made me really come into a kind of new self-acceptance and the acceptance of the, the cravings that I was satisfying with the substance of artificial or stevia sweeteners and having to confront, feel the feelings when I feel frustrated or angry or upset, because yes, it's happened over the last three days and realizing I'm just going to have to sit with those feelings, feel the feelings, and then move on and do something else. The most wonderful thing is though, is that now I'm uh, practicing guitar, practicing piano, I'm singing again, I'm doing shuffle dance and house dance, I'm training again, uh, I've got my animals, uh, I've got my garden. So a lot of what I'm doing is when I feel those cravings, I'm saying, okay, you either have to rest, you have to breathe, or you have to go and do something else. And it could just be playing with pets or playing the piano or playing the guitar, uh, or even, I'll be honest, you know, going on Facebook or going on Twitter, it's better than reaching for artificial sweeteners. 
So that is what I am doing right now. I've gone carnivore with no sweeteners, no sweet flavors at all. And it was actually Kelly Hogan, who's been her zero carb life. She's been off of, uh, she's been carnivore for years now. And a while back when I first tried carnivore back in 2018, she had said, you might need to go ahead and just give up uh, everything sweet. And so I've done it. And I have to say that it is working and it's giving me a new sense of appreciation for the wonderful things in my life that aren't food or sweetness or things I put in my la- my mouth. And then the other thing is, of course, going carnivore using Dr. Sean Baker's uh, carnivore diet. I'm not hungry. I'm very satisfied. And so when I am coming up against frustration and I do want to reach for a Zevia or a diet soda or put stevia in my coffee. I'm looking at why is it that I'm doing that and what would I like to do instead? And I really would recommend this to you, even if you're not giving up all of the carbohydrates or giving up artificial sweeteners or stevia, is that as you let go of sugar and the carbohydrates and the processed oils, if you have cravings or desires for extra food, if you can come into that space where you can ask yourself why and ask you, ask yourself, what would I like to do instead? And then choose those activities because I think it's very important for all of us, whether you're a sugar addict or not, to continue to have the things that you enjoy in your life. It's the idea of keeping that childlike wonder in your life and doing things like playing and drawing and music and just enjoying the life that you have because that's fun too. All right, so continuing on into the food list, we're going into the last macronutrient, which is fat, and that is enough to get satisfied. And my breakdown, usually I'm a small woman, looking for between 110 and 120 grams of protein. Obviously now I'm not eating carbohydrates, but when I do, I keep it at 20 or less. And then fat enough to get satisfied, looking between 80 up to 110 uh, grams of fat per day. Like I said, enough so I'm not seeking food. And then also adding natural intermittent fasting. I do do intermittent fasting because it comes naturally. I'm really only hungry twice a day. But now that I'm giving up artificial sweeteners, if I am hungry, I will go ahead and, you know, eat some meat, eat some bacon, something like that, eat some eggs uh, so that I'm not reaching for the artificial sweeteners. So we're looking at the food list is it's at sugarfreedom.com slash blog. Your meat is, you're going to have meat, poultry, eggs, fish, tofu as your protein sources. I have worked with vegetarian clients who've also done well uh, adding beans. Your results may vary, but you do have you know, beans, eggs, tofu if you're vegetarian. Um, obviously, you have tofu and beans if you're vegan and just please eat for yourself. I just rewrote some meal plans for uh, a new reader who doesn't eat red meat. So really went back and rewrote the meal meal plans, leaving out lamb, beef, and pork, and doing more with poultry and fish and tofu and things like that. So it can be done. Vegetables that grow above the ground are your vegetables and carbohydrates. And that's so your, your lettuces, all of these good things. Radishes are an exception, radishes and onions, you do have those, and carrots, but mostly vegetables that grow above the ground, broccoli, cauliflower, spinach, all your lettuces. Low sugar fruits, my favorites, berries, melons, Granny Smith apples, oranges, grapefruit if well tolerated, pears are also on there, 
And then uh, fat, we have butter, olive oil, heavy cream, ghee, avocado oil, and then dairy, Greek yogurt and cottage cheese, up to two ounces of cheese per day if that's well tolerated. And then condiments, you have, you've got things like Bragg's apple cider vinegar, lemon juice, all of the different vinegars, herbs and spices, lime juice, also salsas, sugar-free salsas, I really enjoy those. And then extras could be unsweetened cocoa powder, liquid stevia, and xylitol. For a long time, I was making a marvelous dessert, a ketogenic chocolate dessert. And if that works for you, you can do that. But now I've gone carnivore. So none of those desserts and no artificial sweeteners. But that doesn't mean that you might not be able to tolerate them in your program. And especially as you come off of sugar and grains and off of the standard American diet, I would highly demonstrate not recommend, but demonstrate, start with that 50 grams like my husband did. And if that level of carbohydrate restriction works for you, fantastic. Live your life and have all kinds of goodies. But if it isn't working and you're still craving and you're still overeating, that's when we step down those carbohydrates to try to find that level of carbohydrate restriction that allows your appetite to normalize and the overeating to be resolved. How many meals per day on level one? three meals per day with two snacks, if that's what works for you. Level two, you might just do the three meals a day, maybe one snack, and then level three, ketogenic, 20 grams of carbohydrates a day, three meals a day, nothing in between. And then after that, we start looking at the different kinds of intermittent fasting. And uh, Jason Fung's Obesity Code is a great book to get for a medical doctor's take on intermittent fasting, if you want to look more into that. So once again, there it is. You've got your proteins, your fats, and your carbohydrates. You've got level one, 50 grams, level two, 30 grams, level three, ketogenic. And then you can go to sugarfreedom.com slash blog to look at all of the different uh, foods. And there's even, there's a, there's a number of grids there. If you scroll down where you've got a, a whole bunch of different protein choices with their uh, protein grams and calories for a standard serving. You've got fat, dairy, and nut choices. Once again, fat grams, carbohydrate grams, calories per standard serving, and your vegetable choices and your fruit choices. So you've got all of these things. You've got these resources for you that have a breakdown of how many grams of each you've got. It's a really good resource for you to be able to do some of your own planning. And then of course, if you want the Sugar Freedom program, it's at sugarfreedom.com. It's only $9. And then you've got all of these lists right in front of you. And then also you've got my story and the different rationales for the breakdown of the macronutrients that I'm using. One of my sayings is we receive what we want for others. And for years and years, I was running around saying, would somebody please tell me what to eat as a woman over 40 who's addicted to sugar so that I can finally overcome overweight and obesity. So what I did is I literally wrote the program that I needed for myself. And so I hope that it is helpful to you. It's helped my husband. It has helped literally thousands of readers get off of sugar and grains and vegetable oils. And it's helped so many of my clients and students at Gordon Studio when I was a certified personal trainer. And it continues to help my readers and my listeners today. And that makes me so, so happy. And so until next time, I want you to be happy, 
Be well and always eat for yourself.